Hey, hey. Yo, thank you. While everyone's standing, I think we should pray and really believe that God is going to use this word to impact people. Jesus, thank you so much that you are good. Thank you that you love us and that you have a word for us tonight. Lord, pray that our hearts will be open, ready to receive what you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Why don't you all grab your seats? I'm so excited to share what God has put on my heart tonight. I'm very grateful for the opportunity that Pastor Chris and Sue have given me to share with you guys what God has given me to share. But before I get started, I would like all of the volunteers that helped at our Thrive Kids Camp yesterday, could you all stand up? Anyone who was here that served at our Kids Camp yesterday, can we give them a round of applause? Because of these legends, we were able to have 38 kids come here yesterday, have an incredible time, experience the love of Jesus, and some of those kids have never set foot in church before. So for some of those kids, it's the first time they'd ever heard the story of Jesus Christ and how much he loves them. I think that is incredible and definitely worth giving those champions a round of applause for. Awesome. So let's get into the message. Now, I have a confession to make. I am a closet meme lover. Any other meme lovers out there who aren't brave enough to admit that they love memes? I can see my brother's not putting his hand up. Which is a lie, because if you look through our messages, it's literally just thousands and thousands of memes. We didn't even talk to each other. We just sent each other's photos of memes. That's a whole conversation. It's meme, 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 meme. Do you want to play golf this Saturday? Yes. Meme, 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 meme. Keen for golf this week? Yep. Meme, 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 meme. That's it. That's a whole conversation. And uh, I mostly look at memes because I want to impress John Shearing. John Shearing is the meme king. I don't know if he does anything with his life other than look at memes. I think he's here tonight. If you want to see a banging meme, go check out John Shearing. Some of them are a little bit hard to understand, but if you've got his kind of humor, you will definitely laugh at them. But there's, there's a particular meme that I've really been enjoying, and I think we've got a photo of it. Maybe, yep. This one. It's the, well, yes, but actually, no. And it's normally like the start with someone who says something so ridiculous that's technically correct, but they've missed the whole point. And I find, like for myself, I've found my journey with Jesus to be kind of like this meme. I've found there's been times when I've been walking with Jesus where technically I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing all the right things, doing what Jesus has asked me to do, but I'm totally missing the point. So technically I'm doing Christianity, but I've missed the point. And I think so many of us can get into that space sometimes where technically we're doing the right things. We're loving people. We're being kind, we're being generous, we're tithing, we're, we're, being, we're not swearing, we're not making mistakes, we're following all of the rules, doing what God asks us to do, but we totally miss the whole point of Christianity. We're doing Christianity without following Jesus. And I think when we get into that space, we miss so much. That space is riddled with anxiety. That space is riddled with stress and all sorts of things that you don't want. There's a really great example of this in Matthew 19, uh, verses 16 to 22. And this is where a young man comes up to Jesus and asks him a question. It says, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? See that, what, what must I do? How can I earn eternal life? And Jesus replies, Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good, If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he intrigued. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. I see myself in this young man all the time. And I think many of us have seen ourselves in this young man where we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, what do I need to do to have life? What do I need to do so that you will love me? What do I need to do so that you will show me mercy? What can I do so that I can receive your grace? What thing do I need to do? Give me a checklist, Jesus. Give me a list of A, B, C, D. If I do this, this, and this, you will love me. You'll show me grace. You'll provide for me. You'll give me what I need. And I think we're missing the point. If we come to Jesus and say, God, give me a list, we've missed the whole point of what Jesus is trying to do. And we see this in this young man, and I call it performance mentality, where we're so focused on performing to earn Jesus' love that we miss what Jesus has already done. And that's where I think Jesus looks at us and he says, well, yes, I want you to live. I want you to be generous. I want you to be kind. I want you to do all of these things. But I've got so much more for you than that. I've got more for you than just going through this list. And I see it in the way that I, I look at things all the time. It's, it's, I think, in this classic sentence, if I do this, God will do, etc. If I'm generous enough, God will provide for me. If I am humble enough, God will love me. If I am kind enough, God will show kindness to me. If I am loving people enough, Jesus will love me. And it's the whole thought that if I do the right thing, I can get what I need to get from Jesus. And don't get me wrong. I am not at all saying don't do those things. In fact, Jesus even tells this young man, he says that there is life in keeping the commandments. And I fully believe that when we keep the commandments, when we do what God asks us to do, there is life in that. When we make great decisions about our finances, there is life in that. When we make great decisions about who we hang around, there is life in that. When we make great decisions about being kind and being generous and being loving, there is absolutely life in that. But we can still do those things with the wrong heart and get life. And so there's moments where it's like Jesus is looking and saying, well, yes, yes, but actually you've kind of, you've kind of missed the whole point. And so I think this is summed up here in the story where Jesus asks the question of the young man. He says, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. It's almost as if Jesus is saying to him, yes, you're doing the right things, but I want to see where your heart's at. I want to see if your heart is ready and willing to give up everything you've earned. Because we see this young man is that he's rich. And the reason he couldn't do it is because he had great wealth and he wasn't ready to part with it and follow Jesus. So Jesus is asking him to reveal his heart. He's saying, look, you're doing 
the commandments. You're keeping them. You're doing that really, really well. That is awesome. That is fantastic. There is life in that. Keep doing that. But where's your heart at? Where's your heart? Are you ready to give up what you can earn? Are you prepared to sacrifice all the things you have worked so hard for and follow me? Are you prepared to give up control, to give up knowing what's going to happen next, to follow me? Are you prepared to follow me? I think maybe that's the question Jesus is asking some of us tonight. Maybe we're, we're in that, that space, performance. I'm doing the right things. I'm kicking goals. Jesus must love me because I'm doing all the commandments. I haven't killed anyone this week. I'm smashing it. Jesus must be so happy with me. He must be ecstatic. But Jesus is asking, well, where's your heart? Are you ready? Are you prepared to lay it all behind and follow me? And I think this is so hard. So hard. And I think there's a couple of reasons why it's so difficult for us to just lay it all out and follow Jesus and do away with the checklist, do away with the performance mindset and say, God, I choose to trust you. I give you my whole heart. One of the reasons why I think it's so hard is because of fear. Because I think we are genuinely afraid to relinquish control. I think we so desperately want to control the outcome of our life that we are scared and afraid to give it to someone else. I think maybe that that fear is stopping us from really fully engaging in what Jesus has for our life, fully submitting to Him and trusting Him with every single aspect of our life because we're scared, because we're afraid that Jesus doesn't have our best interests at heart, that, we, that if we're not in control, it's not going to go the way we want it. Maybe that's exactly what you need. Maybe you don't need it to go the way you want it to go. Maybe it's better for you. Actually, I can guarantee you that it is better for you if you surrender control and give it to Jesus and trust Him because His plan is 100% better than whatever you have planned. 100%. And the other reason I think maybe it's difficult for us to give control to Jesus and to trust Him is that we're insecure. Some of us want to prove to God that we're worthy of His love. We don't want to give Him control yet. We want to perform for him. We want to perform because we're scared we're not good enough for him. We're so insecure that, oh, maybe I'm not not worthy of Jesus's love. Maybe I'm not worthy of him giving me freedom. Maybe I'm not worthy of him giving me life. And so we're insecure and that's holding us back from Jesus and what he has for our future. And it's keeping us in that performance mindset. If I do the right thing enough times, I'll be worthy for Jesus. And the other thing, and one that I fall into all the time is just pressure of society. It's the culture we live in. I grew up in a sporting world. And the entire sporting world is all about you earn what you get. You put in the work and you get the results. One of my favorite athletes, his hashtag, his, his thing, his catchphrase is hard work pays off. And you see that everywhere in the sporting world. If you do the work now, you will get the results later. If you do what you need to do, you get the results. And that's true. That's absolutely true. If you want to achieve something in life, you need to do the work. You're not just going to get it without doing the work. And you see that in careers. Where if you're chasing a career, you need to put in the work to get the results. And this culture, whole culture is based, a performance-based culture. Everything's pointing at you and saying, do the work, you'll achieve. You can do anything if you work hard enough. If you just put in the work and try as hard as you can, you will get to where you want to go. 
And I believe that's true. If you want to achieve something in life, you need to do the work, which is why I think what God does, what Jesus does is so scandalous. It's so wild and uncomprehensible because it flies in the face of culture. What Jesus says is, you don't need to do the work. I've done it. I've done the work. I actually bought your freedom. I already gave you my love without you doing a thing. You don't have to earn any of it. You don't have to earn anything. I actually have already paid the price for you to have life, for you to have freedom, for you to be saved. And he's saying to us right now, you don't have to earn anything. It's yours. You've already got it. It's already right there in front of you. And this is in Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which, which are prepared in advance for us to do. It's a gift. It's a gift. God has already said to you, I love you. I care for you. I've already bought your freedom. It's yours. All you have to do is take it. All you have to do is say, yes, please, I'll take that. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's literally it. You don't have to give enough in the giving. You don't have to be kind enough to people. You don't have to be humble enough. You don't have to not sin enough for God to love you because Jesus already said, I love you. It's already yours. Now, I think this performance mindset, I can liken it to like when someone buys you lunch, but you know full well that they're expecting you to buy lunch in return. There's just that, there's a sour taste in your mouth. There's like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, thanks for buying me lunch. That's great. But the fact that I have to buy it back kind of like defeats the whole purpose. Why don't we just split the bill and buy ourselves lunch? Like, what's even the point? Whereas this gift is God just saying, it's yours. You don't owe me anything. You owe me absolutely nothing. It's your gift. Just take it. Just say yes. That's all there is. And so that performance mindset, I think, stops us from receiving that gift. Because we're like, oh, that's a, that's a really great gift, Jesus. But uh, I just need to, to finish this first. Imagine you got to Christmas Day. And your mom or your dad or your best friend, someone who got you a really awesome gift, gave it to you. And you're like, hold on, I'm not going to unwrap this yet. Let me just finish um, cleaning the dishes. And then I'm going to go mow the lawn. And then I'm going to go make the next meal. And then maybe after I've done all those things, I'll actually be worthy of having that gift. It's like, no. If someone gives you a gift at Christmas, you open it right there and then. It's like, I'm not waiting to open this gift. Especially if I know it's from my parents. Because, you know, there's always the best gifts. 100%. Because particularly for young adults, which most of us here are, our parents mostly have more money than us and are way better at getting gifts than we can get for people our own age. And so when your parents give you a gift, you're like, yes, I'm getting straight into this. And that's how I think we should open God's gift. We should do away with the performance mindset. Do away with, I need to earn this and think, God has given me this gift. I'm going to grab it with both hands right now and say, yes, thank you, Jesus. But that's not always easy. Like I said before, there's, there's traps. Fear, anxiety, 
and just culture. They keep us in that performance mindset. So maybe you're sitting here wondering, how? Pastor James, that's awesome. I love that message, but how? How do I get out of the performance mindset? First thing that I think is crucial to get out of the performance mindset is we need to stop. We need to take time. We need to remember what Jesus did for us. And I think if we, we stop and remember what Jesus did, it's almost impossible to think about trying to earn it. We really think about what Jesus did, what he did for us. The Son of God, the Son of God, God himself came down to earth as a baby, as a child. Most vulnerable thing you can imagine. I've just become a father myself about seven months ago. And I've got a fresh, real fresh revelation of what it actually means to be a dad and to sacrifice your son. Like that is, that's something. I couldn't even hardly imagine it at all. And it gave me a real fresh revelation of how incredible God's love is. He gave his son. God himself came to earth as a baby, grew up as a child, went through life living and living incredibly and showing us how to live, showing us who God is, showing us what love looks like. Pastor Chris says that Jesus is basically love with a face. Is when we look at Jesus, Jesus is love. And he shows us what love is. And then to ultimately end up on the cross, surrendered his entire life, surrendered everything so that he could bear the weight of our sin, so he could bear the weight of salvation, so that we could have life, so that we could have freedom, so that we didn't have to earn it because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid for us. He paid for us to have freedom, for us to have life, and so that we could know who God is, so that we could experience love and so that we could be loved. And when you take time to stop and think about that, it's, yes, Jesus, you did it. You surrendered on the cross. You earned it. You bought it. You, it was your gift to me. And I think that's why it's so important that we, we be a part of the church, actively part of the church with other people who are actively part of the church together, able to encourage each other and remind each other who Jesus is. And what he did for us. That's why it's so important to be in a life group with other people encouraging you and saying, hey, Jesus did this for you. You don't have to earn anything. And that's why it's important to be journaling and reading the Bible and spending time with God because that helps us also to see what Jesus did and to remember what Jesus did. And so when we take time to remember who God is, we get out of that performance mindset because I don't think we can look honestly at Jesus and who he is and think about earning his love because God has literally just shown love and put love on us. And the second thing that I think we need to do is we need to remember who God says we are. I think this is how we deal with the insecurity of trying to prove something. Remember that God has already called you his child. God has already said, I love you. You are worthy already. You are already worthy. And there's one verse that I always come back to whenever I'm feeling a little bit insecure, a bit not quite confident in who God called me to be. It's in Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And those words are so powerful. The King, God, the one who created heaven and earth, who has all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere, holds the world in his hand, has called you by name, knows your name. And he says, I love you. 
You are worthy. You are my child. And when we remember who God says we are, I think we do away with that insecurity that keeps us in that performance mindset. And the third thing that we need to do to get out of that performance mindset is when you say, hey, God, I trust you. I'm, I'm surrendering right now, surrendering my life, surrendering my wants, my needs. I'm doing away with the things that I have earned because I cannot earn your love, Lord, and your love is all I want. I choose to trust that your story, your plan for my life is far better, far greater than my story and my plan for my life, Jesus. I choose right now to trust you and give you my entire life. Jesus, I'm yours. Love it if we could all stand up. You know, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you recognize that you've been stuck in that performance mindset. You've been thinking about how you can earn God's love, about how you can earn His grace, how you can earn His mercy. What I want you to know tonight is that you don't have to. In fact, you can't because God already gave it to you. He's already said it's yours. You can't earn it. It's already yours. All you have to do is say yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And maybe you've never actually made that commitment in your head to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to take the next step of my journey with you. I want to to find out how you are a bit more. I want to begin my life with you, a part of it. And tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to say, hey, Jesus, I'm ready to take that next step. I'm ready to say yes to whatever this gift you've given me is. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I'm ready to say yes because I recognize that you love me, you care for me, and you want to do incredible things in my life. And so I love it. We could all close our eyes. And that's you tonight. You can feel God touching your heart. He's just saying to you right now, I love you. You have have to stop performing. Stop performing. Stop trying to earn love because I've already given you all the love that you need. I love you so much and I want to be a part of your life. If that's you and you feel like God is saying that to you and you want to start that next step on your journey with Jesus, while no one's looking, while everyone's eyes are closed, why don't you raise your hand? I just don't want to Give everyone a chance to let God work in their heart. And if that's you, you can feel God doing something in your heart, saying, I love you. Let's start this journey together. Let me show you how much I love you. Let me show you how much you mean to me. If that's you, you can feel God touching your heart. Why don't you raise your hand while no one's looking? Awesome. So good to people starting that journey with Jesus today. Incredible. That is amazing. So good. Last chance, if you feel God doing something in your heart, God pouring out His love on you right now, saying, I love you. You don't have to perform. You don't have to do anything to earn my love because I've given it to you. It's all yours. You can feel that right now. Why don't you just raise your hand? So good. So good. Come on. That is amazing. Incredible. Incredible moment. I guarantee your life will never, ever be the same. So good. So good. Awesome. Well, you can all open your eyes now. That is incredible. I want to pray for you. Uh, well, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that there's people who made that decision now. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that we don't have to earn your love because you have given it to us. Pray that right now everyone should be getting a sense of your love, getting a sense of how much you care for them, getting a sense of how much they mean to you and just ready to open their lives to you, ready to submit and trust you to your plans. In Jesus' name, amen.
Why don't we give a round of applause to everyone who made a first step on their journey with Jesus today? That is honestly incredible. Incredible. I'm so proud of you. That is not an easy decision, but you, you are loved and God cares for you. That is incredible. We're going to do a, say a prayer right now. So if you made a decision or even if you did, let's pray this prayer and commit our lives. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Raleen is going to come up and let you know a little bit about how you can continue that journey with Jesus. Can we thank you, Pastor James?